welcome to More Mercy, the bonus podcast of the MercyCast. Today I'm joined by Boz Chavijan. He's an attorney focusing on abuse cases in the church. Boz, welcome to More Mercy. Uh, thank you. Great to be here. So we were talking on the podcast about a lot of things, but one thing we talked about was our friendship, how we've known each other for a while. And, you know, I'll never... I am still seeking therapy for I know, that. You should, you should. And, we're and making, I'm making progress. Yeah, yeah, making same progress. here. And we're not even doing group therapy, which is great. Yeah. No. But I'll never forget one day. Oh, boy. Someone was talking. It was on Twitter, you know. Oh, that oh boy. Really healthy place. Where wasn't on threads. Good communication happens. No, I feel like threads is like the happy Twitter. Here's the problem with, I know this is not what we're talking here to talk no, about. No, let's but talk here's about the it. problem with social we media. We deal with real issues yeah. here. So I've got like seven different social media accounts and, and most of them other than Twitter, which to my great dismay are not catching. So for example, when you, when you signed up for Sky, oh, this is going to be great. What they don't tell you is you got to start from scratch. I didn't sign up for Sky. Well, and then post. And it's time for post. And then, oh, this one. This, wait, hold on. How about, does anybody, Mastodon. I did not do that because that I sounds scary. I got sucked into all of them. And the problem is, actually, some of them have some really good layouts and functionality, but you've got to start from scratch, which I've been in, let's, I've been in Sky for three weeks now. And right now I've got 14 followers. So I'm not real motivated with Sky. The great thing with threads is, they exploited your relationship with Instagram yeah. and said, hey, import all of you. So at least I feel like I'm making some progress. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love that about threads. But here's the thing. The people that follow me on Instagram don't necessarily follow me for my little bits of wisdom. They follow me for pictures. And so now with threads, oh. it's like, it's weird. Listen, it's a different audience. Those six people will get over it. It's okay. You know, but I really care it. about those six yeah, people. I understand. Yeah. But I'll never forget on Instagram, I'm sitting there and someone asks about clergy abuse or something along those lines. And I mentioned, yeah, you know, I interviewed my friend, Bostrovigin, for whatever in my book, vulnerable, whatever. And it was just something in a thread. And I just kind of threw it out there. I wasn't even thinking about it much. And the next thing I know, I get a text. So-and-so is basically saying that you're this big name dropper and they're like, you know, and it, it was this wild thing. And I, they were accusing you of being a Yeah, dropper. yeah. And I was like, that's the truth. Oh. <laughs> I just remember reaching out to you and I'm like, so apparently someone said I name dropped you, but. Well, listen, let me, I just let talk, me put you I, at ease. I in talk order about to be a name friends. dropper, in order to be a name dropper, the, the name that you're dropping has to be a name. Okay. So it's one thing if you were dropping like, I don't know. A very famous person's name. Okay. You were dropping the name of Tony Evans or Mike Pence, which I'm not sure why you dropped that, but why did you go to Mike Pence? Why, I, like, I why was that your go to? Your... I don't know. Because maybe I'm looking at you and I'm thinking of Mike Pence. I, I look, know. I look like Mike that Pence. Well, um, so you dropping my name is really not anything because. I don't really have a name. Well, and I thought it was weird because I was like, I don't think I was name dropping. I think sometimes you just talk about your friends. Correct. But what I found is, you know, these people obviously love what you're doing. They love your work. I just wasn't even thinking about that because I didn't meet you in that context. 
No, you you stalked me. Yeah, basically. And after we got the restraining order, that's when we became friends. I call it being persistent. Yeah, well, that's there are a lot of people in prison who call it that too. So I'm I'm glad I didn't press charges, and we're friends now talking about this. So anyone listening? We're talking about anyone listening? <laughs> obviously, this isn't true, but I was persistent, and yeah, you were, uh, which is good. I'm glad you were. Well, and. I'll never forget the day I met you. It was, it was fascinating. We talked, had a great conversation and I was like, yeah, well, that's that. I'll probably never talk to the guy again. And that's okay. You're probably hoping that. And then I remember you reaching out to me and you said, okay, it came out of kind of the blue. You reached out and you said, Raleigh, you started this organization. Let my people go. That's great. I need you to do something for me. I said, what's that? Before you quit, you need to call me and we're going to talk about it because you had started Grace and it had been a, it had kind of been a slow burn. You know, it wasn't this immediate, beautiful success story. You worked and it was hard and there was some toil there. And I just remember that being like, huh. And then we just would talk every now and then and kind of became friends through that. And so I think there's a lot of people out there who, they want to be friends with people. They want to have community, but they don't really know how to find it. Right. And sometimes the people you think are your friends, they're really just low budget acquaintances as right. best, you know? So, or maybe what we call outer circle friends. These are, are people who are on the outer circle. Maybe you call them friends. I think it goes back to how we define things. So what is a friend? Yeah, what is a friend in your estimation, boss? A friend is a person who will stay far away from me and not bother me. That's pretty much it. No, I'm just kidding. A friend is, I don't, that's a good question. I I think a friend is, from my own experience, is somebody who I can be 110% myself. I'm not putting up any walls. I'm not, I'm not acting a different way because of this person. I'm just being myself. I'm maybe another way to put it is somebody that I can be a hundred percent comfortable with. And that means uh, honesty too. And that means they can call me out. I can call them out, but I, I think one sign of genuine friendship and I can, I can think of a number of, of my friends where this is the case. I may not see them for six months, sometimes a year or two. And when I do see them we pick right back up where we left off. And I, there's, there's something to that where, you're not making so much of an effort in the friendship. If, if you are making, if, if, you, if, the, if a quote unquote friendship is a relationship where you're making, always finding yourself making so much effort and there's so much drama and there's so much stuff, I just, I, I think maybe that's not a friend and maybe you need to back away because a true friend doesn't mean you don't have issues. My, my wife is my very best friend and we have issues and struggle, but it's somebody that actually you just appreciate and enjoy being with and feel comfortable with. And I think if you're working too hard at it, maybe it's not meant to be. No, that's good because it's very easy when you're in a friendship to think, well, these are my friends. I got to make this work. And if it's a toxic friendship, you might need to step away. You might need to put up boundaries. Yeah. You know, the Oxford Dictionary defines a friend as a person whom one knows and with whom one has a bond of mutual affection. Yeah. 
that's 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 a beginning definition. I think I think it's a little bit more than that. But and also I think when you get older, I think I as I get older, I have what I would categorize as fewer and fewer genuine friends. True. Mm-hmm. And maybe more acquaintances. And I think you also, as you get older, you stop, you realize I'm wasting time in this relationship that I think is a friendship where it seems to be very one-sided where either I'm making all the effort, I'm initiating all the conversation. And even when we do have conversation, there's no expressed interest about me. Sometimes as I get older, I'm like, okay, those are friendships I can, I can walk away from because as you get older again, you, you realize the brevity of life and you want to spend time with people that matter to you. And I'm learning that, still learning that. You know, I've noticed that there have been friends in my life where I really appreciate them. I care for them, but I find myself doing the bulk of the work sometimes. I had to kind of take an inventory of friendships and be like, I'm, this isn't a race. Right. And it's okay to have acquaintances. But if my friends aren't trying to meet me there, are they really my friends? Or if I'm not trying to meet them there, am I really their friend? And, well, and they're seasonal friends. I think that that's true. There are, there are friends that I can look back in life that for a particular season, these individuals were genuine friends. But the season has passed and it's okay. We don't have to, we don't have to maintain a friendship for friendship's sake. And, and that's not all friends, but you know, it's, it's like when we, one, one measure I use sometimes with friends is, you know, if I have a, a certain friends and then let's say I move, which of those people within that community do I still keep in contact with? The people I have no contact with, those are acquaintances. The people I maintain a relationship with generally are, are because I want to and they want to. And out of sight is not out of mind. To me, that's a good measure of that's genuine friendship. The others maybe have been seasonal friends or simply I'm recognizing the fact that they were more acquaintances than anything else because I haven't talked to them in two years since we moved. Um, not that I left angry at them or not that we had some explosion. It just, I moved and it, I guess I guess I don't really miss their relationship because I've not really reached out at quite frankly the same as from them. So, okay. Seasonal friend or acquaintance. Nothing wrong with that. No. And I think the move test is very important because I've noticed that in my own life, I'll move away. And there are people that maybe I hung out with quite a bit, but when I move away, I'm not reaching out to them. They're not reaching out to me. And, and I think sometimes we think of friendships as something we need to amass. Like we need to have a certain number of these things to really feel worth or feel valued. I think it's also important when you think about friends is, is to know yourself and what kind of friend you are. Right. Like I'm a social introvert. I've realized this about myself. I'm not an extrovert. I always thought I was. But now there are times I kind of like to just be. And with friends, there are times where I don't want to perform. I don't want to have to be the funny guy or the smart guy or the whatever guy. Sometimes I just want to be the guy who's just sitting there on the couch, not really saying anything, but just being. And when you can have friends who can do that with you, man, that's beautiful. Sounds pretty boring. It is boring. It is boring. No, I, I, but that goes back to what I said earlier. It's, it's somebody that you 
can be 110% yourself and be comfortable with that. So that means if you're in a mood where you just really want to talk much, just want to be, you can be and you don't have to be sitting there with that person worried all night. Like, what are they going to think? Are they, you know, they just, they know you and you know them. That's why I think genuine friendships fall into a very small category for most people. I think as we grow older, we become, we get a clear and clearer understanding of genuine friendship. So when we're young, we want to have as many friends as possible. And whether it's in, in school or high school, or we want to be popular, we want to have all these friends. And, and even when you're young and you get out of college and you start professional life, you want to have tons of friends. And as you get older, you begin to realize, man, I've exerted a ton of emotional and even physical energy in relationships. And I'm asking myself with many of them, why? And that begins to narrow down or maybe vet people in your lives who mean something, who you earnestly miss and enjoy engaging with and being yourself with. And the other category of, like I said, those seasonal friends or acquaintances where there's nothing wrong with those people. And, but probably are not people you choose to be around as much as maybe you thought you'd needed to be around before and if that makes sense oh it does and i think when you're younger you can bring in friends but maybe i love the word you used vet maybe not vet them as much you kind of bring them in and you're just like hey we all like the new york giants i don't know why you would but we do and where did that come from I don't that's know. almost as bad as the mike pence statement yeah i know it was oh, weird gosh yeah I'm still dealing with that one but we but may have said that we may like the the Giants, and we're big Giants fans, which you can tell this is a made up example because no. they don't exist. But, you know, <laughs> we may be Giants fans and we're going to be friends, but then that's what you built your friendship on. But the older you get, your friendships have to have a more sturdy and solid foundation because life is messy. Life is hard. And when you see that nasty, broken side of another person, if you're not true friends, it's very easy just to be like, Good on you. Right. Enjoy the journey. I'm out. Well, we look too often, in my opinion, we look too often to friendship as a transactional relationship. So very it's, true. It's I'm giving, I'm receiving, I don't give, I don't receive. And on one hand, I don't like that because a friendship is not transactional. That is, I'm not even sure if that's an acquaintance. That's a very self-centered view of relationships however having said that there are people that i have thought in the past were friends and when i take inventory of our relationship i'm realizing that i made all efforts i initiated all conversation it's it's really one way now now they would respond but and then i think when's the last time they asked me just a general question like boz how are you doing Tell me about what's going on with the girls. How are you and Lydia? Just like actually genuinely inquisitive about my life. I realized, wow, that I haven't received any type of question like that from this person. And you begin to realize sort of the, for me, it's the first step of realizing, okay, this is, this is somebody that maybe I thought we had a different relationship than we do. That doesn't mean I, I cross them out and ghost them. It just means that in my mind, 
they move over to the category of of acquaintance. They move to the they move to the outer circle of relationships. And maybe I was spending too much time thinking they were in the inner circle and that's exhausting. And when I move them to the outer circle, it actually works because my expectations of that relationship now have changed. And I'm okay when I talk to them every few weeks for a few minutes and they don't ask anything about me and share about themselves. I'm okay with that because I know the relationship for what it is and not what I initially thought it was, if that again makes sense. And I think thinking of it in terms of inner and outer circle matters because a lot of times we can be spending more energy on people who may not be really dialed into what we're experiencing. Right. And it's the give and take. We want to avoid the transactional language, but also there is that aspect of if you're the only person giving to a relationship, you don't really have a relationship. I remember years ago, Lydia and I were talking one day and she was expressing frustration. We were involved in a church and she says, you know, I just realized that in the last six months, we have invited X number of people to our house for lunch or dinner. And I've realized that we've not received one. None of these people have ever reciprocated any fashion. And it was, it was frustrating for her, which I understood being that this is a one way street. Now, of course, me at the time being Mr. Spiritual said, well, you know, relationships aren't transactional. We should just want to invite these people over to our house because we want to love them and be like Jesus to them and not expect anything in return. But as I thought about it over time, I thought, yeah, true. We're not, we're not inviting them over to our house for dinner because we are expecting that in return. That's not why we invite them over. So that's the transactional part of it. But the fact that there's been no reciprocation from these individuals is troubling. And then you become, you're faced with the question, do you continue to engage these individuals like you have and continue to invite them over? Because you somehow feel like as a Christian, that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's what, you know, we're supposed to be selfless and keep doing that. Or do you begin to over time back away from those relationships and go, okay, you know what? And maybe now as I'm older, I go uh, outer circle and maybe we'll have them over for dinner once every couple of years, but probably not making as much of an effort as we have in the past. That old phrase, you find out who your friends are, presupposes that when you go through a difficult season of life, that you will find out who really has your back and who doesn't. And that doesn't mean they tell you what you want to hear, but they're present, they're there, and they're walking with you through whatever you're going through. Because, you know, when the defecation hits the ventilation, it's not something that everyone wants to see. Like the, the reality of Did life you just is say messy. When the defecation it's the ventilation. Oh yeah. I'm trying to picture this. And as, as, as soon as I started to picture this, I immediately stopped oh, yeah. trying to picture that, but oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. 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 It's a, okay. it's a way of cussing without cussing. Okay. Well, and, I, I almost prefer the profanity, but go ahead. It's so interesting because when that happens, you do, you, some people, when they see, it doesn't even have to be your worst, but when, your needs become inconvenient to them. They may back away. Now, that's different than having boundaries. I think sometimes, right. like I've known people who, they were in a place where they were really toxic. They were in an unhealthy place. And I had to say, hey, 
I'm there for you. But here's when I can be there for you. Because I got to care for me too. Boundaries are okay. But some people are, they're just kind of like the good time Charlie. You know, they just want to be around when everything's going well. But when something bad happens, they're nowhere to be found. That's, a, that's called an acquaintance. That is an acquaintance. Um, not a not a genuine friend. And, and you know, I think that that sometimes people don't know how to engage, even with friends, when that person is going through a really difficult time. And so, you know, part of it, I have a good friend who really is a genuine friend. And I've had some difficult situations in the last few years. And a frustration of the friendship has been a lack of even inquiring about those situations from this person. But I also love this person and do truly believe he loves me and a genuine friend. And I maybe I've excused it or rationalized it, but I've come to the conclusion I'm not sure if he really has the tools in his toolbox to know how to talk to me about those things. And so I give him some some grace on that. Still a little bit frustrating. And he's not the person that I would go to, and I'm not talking about you, Raleigh, because he's starting to cry over here, and I, I wanted to make that clear, but he's not the person I would go to with a major problem. And that's, that's okay. I mean, I also think that there are certain friends that have strengths, just like we all have strengths and weaknesses. There's certain friends that we are going to go to immediately if we have an issue or a problem we're struggling with just because of their personality. That doesn't mean that everybody else is not a friend. It just means that that's their, that's a strength and we feel comfortable with them on this particular issue. And I think as I wipe the tears away from your last statement, we get to choose that. We get to right. choose who we invest time in and who invests time in us. I think when you're a kid, you just, you just pick your crew, you find your people right. and you don't really think through it very critically. But as you get older, you're starting to think through what are my needs? What are my capacities? What, what can I do? What can I not do? And you start building friends that way. Oh. But what people will say, and I've heard this a million times, it is so much harder to find friends as you get older than when you were younger. Why do you think the difference is? What do you think the difference is? I think our understanding of friendship changes. So what you're looking for in a friend when you're younger is probably significantly different than what you're looking for in a friend as you get older. And just as we've been talking, I think that circle gets smaller and smaller. And so when you're younger, you define a friend in a much broader sense and anybody and everybody's your friend. As you get older, you realize time is precious. I want to spend time with people that I care about, but that I'm be myself with and that can be a limiting number of people but i will say this at least in my own life that sort of inner circle of genuine friends that has developed in my life are people that will be friends for a lifetime and people that it's a small definitely a smaller group but each relationship is incredibly enriching in its own way and for that, I'm grateful. So that could be difficult. And, and I think part of it, too, is I think sometimes people try to 
they they look too hard for friendships and and I get that because we want to have relationships with with people and we're social but if you're looking too hard for friendships you you may be approaching it in a way that's not really helpful other than simply being who you are and if somebody sees you and engages with you and appreciates you for who you are and you feel somewhat the same at least with them probably the beginning of a genuine friendship well there's a theological component of friendship as well okay oh we see throughout scripture jesus had 12 friends yeah i get it but one of them was not really a good friend. No, he wasn't one a good friend. He was more, more of an acquaintance. Yeah, he was outer circle, way outer way circle. Way outer circle, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. but you know, you see Jesus is a friend of sinners. He's like, I call you friends. We see over and over and over, Jesus is having this intimate kind of acquaintance in a sense with those of us who believe in faith, like those of us who are following him. And it's almost an invitation to experience his presence. And I think there's an element to friendship there, too, where when you're friends with people, you invite them into areas of your life that you probably wouldn't invite everyone to. And and you step into their lives mm-hmm. in, in the same way. Yeah, I mean, I think Jesus, Jesus moved towards people. He... You know, we don't learn a lot about, we learn a lot about his, the relationships he had with people. You sometimes take a step back and go, okay, I wonder who, I wonder who Jesus was like really just friends with. And it's some sense of who those, those people were. But, but I, I also think that, that Jesus was approachable and it seems to be very approachable because even the most marginalized people would approach him now they might be rebuffed by his his other friends but he was approachable and i think that's a a good example to us and that is am i approachable even in my relationships with friendships but even in general in life it's sort of a bigger issue is am i an approachable person or am i not and i think if you're not approachable think through what that means it's going to be difficult for you to a have friends, genuine friends. It's also going to be difficult for you to just uh, be who you, who, in my opinion, who God wants you to be to those he places in your in your life. Yeah, it's interesting. with With friends, you have people who can draw you out of yourself, but when we're not approachable, oftentimes we are drawn within ourselves and. No matter how hard people work, they can't crack that exterior. They can't get in. And with Jesus, yes, he had his 12 disciples, but he had so many others that he called friends, people that were drawn to him, that he would have moments with, that he would teach, that he would care for, that he would walk with, that he would share with. And I think having a healthy friendship with someone it has this way of drawing you outside of yourself to see someone else, to be present with another human being rather than just being in your head. Well, I, I, a true friendship requires one to look outward. And if, 
if you're looking at a relationship primarily because of what it gives you and what it fulfills in your life, again, I don't think that's genuine friendship. I think that's a transactional relationship, maybe an acquaintance, but a true friend is, is somebody that, that you're right, can take your focus away from you. If I'm, if I'm stepping into your life, I should be focused on you and vice versa. Not at all times, but I think that so many of us, and I'm guilty of this too, we engage in, in relationships where we're really pretty self-focused. Like, what am I getting from this? And if I'm not getting what I think I am need from this, I'm moving on. And I don't think that's true friendship. But that's easier said than done, because like I said a minute ago, I might be in a friendship, what I thought as a friendship, where nothing's being reciprocated. And you go, OK, well, I'm, I'm really not getting anything in this relationship other than me expending myself. Maybe that's not genuine friendship. And I, I guess maybe what I'm saying is it's got to go. It's got to go both ways in yeah. some degree, maybe not tit for tat and we're not keeping track of it. But but friendship has to be has to be satisfying to both people. Otherwise, it's not going to be friendship. And I think the word satisfaction matters there because there needs to be a health element because you can be friends with someone, but they could be in a very toxic place where every time you hang out with them, you have, you feel like you're being put down so that they can be lifted up. Right. And that's not good either. It's like kind of figuring out because you don't want it to be transactional, but there is that aspect of how do I care for myself too? as I care for others. Because if you're not caring for yourself, you have an empty well, how are you going to give water to others? Well, and I would say in some for me, friendship is if you are overanalyzing a relationship that you think is with a friend and you're struggling with lots of the things that we're talking about, my personal opinion is that's not, I don't think that that is what friendship was designed to be. That doesn't mean you have issues with friends and things like that, but friendships should be natural. They should be comfortable. They should be authentic. And if you're working too hard or struggling or they become, you know, your friendship becomes a mind game with somebody else and you're, it's, it's not healthy. And an unhealthy friendship, in my opinion, is worse, worse than no friendship. And realize this, there are, other fish in the sea. And if you're somebody that's really struggling with friendships or struggling with having a few relationships that you feel like you're the one that's giving all the time, or you're just sort of what we've talked about here, but you can't let go of that friendship because you may be insecure about whether, whether there are other relationships out there. Let me tell you, there are. And when you connect to them, whether they be a friend or whether they end up being a friend who ends up being a spouse, you'll know it. And, and you'll look back and go, okay, now I really can tell the difference between genuine friendship and what I might've thought was friendship, which in fact was maybe an acquaintance. And then I think more than anything, uh, I just wanted to close with some, something very personal to me. And that is friends are friends forever. If the Lord's the Lord of them and a friend will not say never because the welcome will not end though. It's hard to let you go in the Father's hands, we know that a lifetime's not too long to live as friends. 
Right, Raleigh? And that's the note we end on. Just remember, no matter what you're going through, there's always more mercy. Mercy.